Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast brought to you by Lindenwood University's Hammond Institute for Free Enterprise. Examining market approaches to help solve economic and social issues, Hammond.Institute. Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Today the subject is selfies. You see people taking them all the time, pictures of themselves, capturing a moment. You might ask yourself, what drives people to memorialize these moments? It's a question we have. Now there's a place in St. Louis where people can go specifically to take selfies. It's called the Selfie Room. It's on Washington and features interactive displays against which to take a perfect selfie. Joining us by phone from Kansas City is Erica Klotz, co-owner of the Selfie Room. In the studio are Amber Hinesley, an associate professor in SLU's Department of Communication. Jennifer Siciliani is an UMSL professor of behavioral neuroscience. Thank you all so much for being with us. Great to have you. Thank you. Thank you much. Thank Eric, you. let me begin with you, Erica. What made you think that people want or need a special place to take selfies? You know, this is not a new concept. It's just new to the city of St. Louis. Um, they're popping up all over the place um, and doing very, very well. And I think the reason for that is the selfies have been around for a while now. I was taking selfies 10 years ago when I was in high school. Um, and it's still not going away. Um, it's actually, if anything, getting more widespread as people, you know, with Instagram wanting to be, you know, an influencer or a fashion blogger or things like that, just taking pictures of themselves, um, I think providing that safe space to do so where it's not shamed or anything like that is really, you know, it's really doing well. And I think people like that concept. And it's a good time. Wow. It just seems to me that uh, you see people taking them all the time. There's there's no shortage of uh, of places for people to take selfies. They do it everywhere. Oh, absolutely. And there's some stat, which I'm probably going to mess it up on the spot here, but there's a stat out there where it's like there's a, you know, uh, 9,000 selfies taken each second of every day around the world. <laughs> like it's something crazy like that. <laughs> that, that may be low. <laughs> it might be low, yeah. yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about the space. So it's a 3,000 square foot space where you'll have 12 different backdrops that you can take those photos in. Um, just a few examples. We have the rubber ducky room, and we have a giant minty fresh ball pit room. So you can get into the ball pit, throw balls in the air, get fun photos you know, of yourself as well as your friends kind of climbing around in the you know, different spaces um, around the selfie room. It's, it sounds like it might be geared uh, more toward very young people. It is geared towards every age. Um, you know, it is more of a fun kind of place for, you know, you'll see like the ball pit and things like that where, you know, younger uh, crowd will definitely love. But even as an adult, you know, I can't remember the last time I was in a ball pit, but when I got in there, it was so nostalgic. <laughs> and just climbing around was just so, so much fun. Uh, and so... We do see a lot of kind of like people going out, you know, on Washington Avenue where we're located. Uh, we got a lot of girls' night outs where they're already getting dressed up. They already look great. Um, so they'll stop by before they hit the bars to memorialize their outfits and their makeup and all of that. Um, and it's really, really kind of a fun thing. So aside from the ball pits and the rubber ducky or whatever, you do have some formal settings? Um, so we have... We have kind of like whimsical backdrops that are a little more neutral where you become 
the pop, if you will. So we kind of have like a little bubble room where you're kind of surrounded by little bubbles. We have the balloon room. We have these white balloons, very stark. And then if you're wearing color, you're going to pop on that backdrop. We also have Valentine's Day themes right now. So we're going to be switching up the themes quite frequently throughout the year, at least once a quarter. Um, So right now we have like the love room where we have these giant love letters behind you. um, And you can throw rose petals in the air and have them falling around you. Um, So a lot of movement in those kinds of photos. Um, And then we have like the heart room and the candy room. So lots of different things. We also have a secret room, which is very, uh, it's kind of hard to find when you get into the space. But once you do, the pictures are so worth it. Well, my imagination is running wild right now with that one. <laughs> L- let me get uh, some reaction to what you've told us so far from Amber and Jennifer. Amber, what do you think of this concept? I think it's really interesting. And actually, I, I'm a former journalist, and so my brain is running through questions that I would, uh, questions I have for Erica. And so I actually wondered, um, for Erica, can you ex- talk to us a little bit about why you did a permanent museum rather than a pop-up? Because a lot of the other museums like this that have come up have been pop-ups. And so I was just wondering, what do you think is special about St. Louis um, that we, I guess, deserve a, a permanent museum? I think it's really been proven with what you see at the city museum being something that people would come down for. I mean, you have the surrounding areas in the Midwest where, you know, you kind of go to the city, if you will, um, to do things. And this is the experience. And I think having more options of things to do is is something that shouldn't be treated as a pop-up and especially in St. Louis, you know, having those options, you know, around town and having in that same area as Washington Avenue with already so many things to do. I think it's just going to be a really good, um, a good staple, if you will, for the city, as well as since we are switching up and keeping it so fresh and fun, that kind of keeps people coming back. You know, if you have fun that first time, which you will, (laughs) you'll be coming back, you know, to kind of take advantage of those kind of more themes, you know, if it's, let's say, it's Halloween, you know, things like that, or Christmas themes, having parties there, you know, consistently. I just think that a pop-up really doesn't do this concept any justice. Jennifer Siciliani, uh, what do you make of the concept? Well, I have questions, but the first among them is... Tell us more about the secret room. <laughs> we, can't just, we can't just leave that as you mentioned it. You mentioned a secret room that was hard to get to, Erica, and that was it. So we need to hear more about that. It's a secret room. It's a challenge. You know, you get there. We're going to tell you about the secret room, and it's kind of up to you to find it. Uh, but just to kind of give you a little hint about what it is. Um, so it's got some super cool lighting in the background, um, and it's kind of like long and narrow, if you will. And so that really makes for fun uh, photos and just kind of like, I guess you could say cool photos more than whimsical. Um, So just very like, almost like you're in a music video. (laughs) So those are really cool shots. But do you have to be 21 to enter the secret room? (laughs) It's a little more of a grown-up room, yeah. (laughs) But no, you don't. (laughs) Do you anticipate down the line that wedding parties might come in with special requests to have you furnish the backdrops for some of their, you know, concepts for their photographs? Yes, we're getting requests like that all the time. Um, and we do have packages to kind of accommodate all of the above, you know, even further out to even corporate parties, you know, if a company wants to have their own kind of custom exhibit made, you know, those are the kinds of things that we could do with this concept, which is just so fun. 
Jennifer, what's going on with people in this selfie world? We were talking about 9 billion being taken every second or whatever the figure is. What's happening? You know, uh, the studies, so I'm here to talk a little bit about the neuroscience aspect, of course, and the studies um, only date back to uh, 2015, 2016. Mm -hmm. So the studies suggest that people are looking to propagate uh, approval of themselves. So when they take and post selfies, they want to see if they get a a number of likes on those Mm -hmm. selfies. They also want to um, enhance their environments or propagate the notion of an enhanced environment, mm-hmm. um, which leads to a, another question that I have that I, that I want to get to in just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, they also are uh, promoting themselves, trying to enhance their self-image, lots of things that you would expect. Because most of them wind up on uh, online. Well, there are actually some studies that attempt to classify whether or not people's selfie-taking and and posting behavior approaches pathology. Mm -hmm. And so they've got these breakdowns. If you take three or less a day, but don't necessarily post, you're sort of okay. If you take three and do post, you're getting into the zone of possibly having a problem. And then six or more that are posted per day is considered by these authors anyway, pathological. Uh, (laughs) Amber, do you have thoughts on, on all of this? part of it? Well, and so my my area comes into this more from the communication aspect. And so I'm interested in what are we saying when we're doing those kinds of things. And so when we talk about selfies, there's actually different types of selfies or different classifications of selfies. And so it's different if you're taking a picture of yourself, probably, you know, at some place like the selfie museum where you're in the photo versus if you go to lunch and take a picture of your lunch, but you're not in the picture, but the perspective is yours. And so for a communication standpoint, you're saying different things with those types of photos um, and looking at it from a visual communication standpoint. Um, and so that's why I think is very interesting with the selfie museum in particular is that it's focusing on one type of selfie. And so is that potentially feeding into further narcissism? But we have to remember that humans have always been narcissistic. I mean, that's just part of who we are. Um, and, you know, so kind of going from there then, uh, you know, Jennifer, maybe you can talk a bit more about that. Well, I, I was looking at some research that's that pointed out the fact that Artists have always done self-portraits. People have Mm -hmm. written autobiographies. This is just the modern version of those things. Is it linked to narcissism? Several studies suggest that in men it is, in women it's not. Mm -hmm. Yet we see more selfies taken and posted by women than we do men. We should point out, too, that people were taking pictures of themselves when the Polaroid camera came out, sure, which is, uh, you know, going back a few sure. years as well. Uh, Erica, what do you think of all of this, uh, the, the scientific approach to analyzing uh, <laughs> not what you're doing, but what is being done and, and, and why you're doing it? You know, I was um, some of the comments you ladies made just made me kind of think, and I actually Googled the first ever selfie, <laughs> and here's what Google says. <laughs> Robert Cornelius's self-portrait, the first ever selfie taken in 1839. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the the first ever, you know, selfie, which is defined as a photograph that one does or one has taken of oneself, typically with a smartphone or web camera. But this is so funny. It's like this black and white, like printed thing of this guy who just obviously put his camera up somewhere and, you know, kind of took a picture, jumped back, and he's in the photo. Um, so uh, I think, you know, I think it's more about we all know we're aging as well. And taking that, you know, picture of yourself in that moment in time is almost, I think, a subconscious effort to just say, here's what I look like. I want to 
I want to take this photo and, and look back at it and be nostalgic of that time in my life. You know, there's that aspect of the psychology, I think, as well, where it's more of I'm capturing this because I want to remember that I did my hair a certain way. And when I had my hair a certain way, I met a certain person that was, you know, impactful in my life or something like that. I think there's that. It might not be something that's, you know, in the forefront of our brains when we're doing it, but I think it's definitely part of the process of taking selfies or pictures, you know, in a certain perspective uh, of our world, (laughs) if Uh, you will. I I think what Jennifer might have been alluding to is the fact that in a lot of cases, I suspect it's people saying, hey, world, here I am. Acknowledge me. I'm I'm part of uh, this society, part of this group. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes, it's a self-identification thing, you know, and saying to the world, you know, here's what I'm interested in or here's what I look like. And, you know, especially as you're growing up and trying to find yourself, if you will, um, there's definitely part of that where there's a social aspect of trying to kind of put in, uh, put yourself into a certain identif- uh, you know, identity. Um, and so definitely part of it as well, I think. So. All right. Well, it's an interesting subject, and we're going to continue with it in just a moment, but I do have to take a break. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. We hope you enjoy listening to this podcast of St. Louis on the Air, brought to you by Lindenwood University's Hammond Institute for Free Enterprise, examining market approaches to help solve economic and social issues. Hammond.Institute. Now back to our selfie conversation with Erica Kloss. She joins us from Kansas City. She is a co-owner of the Selfie Room here in St. Louis. It's on Washington. Amber Hinesley is a teacher at St. Louis University and Jennifer Siciliani at UMSL. Back to you, Erica. Um, It's been mentioned a couple of times, and your place has been called the Selfie Room and also a museum. What's museum about it? So there are different exhibits with different themes that you can go around and take pictures at these different exhibits. So in that in that vein, that would kind of classify it as a museum experience for, specifically for, selfies, of course. So it's just that simple. You do have exhibits a la, a la museum. Yep. I have to add, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, thought, I didn't think. I was laughing. <laughs> oh, okay. Have to ask you this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding that you're charging thirty bucks a pop uh, to uh, to attend the museum, the selfie room. That's pretty steep, it seems to me. You know, we have a few people that think that, but a lot of people are still coming <laughs> at that price. And now, here's the thing: you you come in larger groups, you do get discounts with that. Um, so that's kind of the idea there is that it's not something where you're going to come by yourself, take pictures of yourself. <laughs> you're going to be coming with your friends. You're going to be coming with your family members. You're going to be coming with your social groups and organizations, you know. And so with that in mind, you know, the price kind of starts at 30 and goes down from there. You mentioned that uh, this is happening in, in other spots in the country, and a lot of them you indicated. Uh, is the, uh, the cost, the admission cost uh, comparable in other places? They are, yep. Okay. You'll be happy to know that Caitlin, who has tweeted us, says, I visited the selfie room with friends on opening night last Friday, had a blast, and can see it being useful for photographers without the space or budget for a professional studio. Do you expect some of that? 
you know, we're getting a lot of that. Um, not only did we expect it, but we actually are pleasantly surprised at how much uh, the creative world is, you know, embracing this concept because they also have a problem in their world. You know, studio space is expensive if you do it for yourself as a photographer. And then if you do do kind of like a turnkey, you know, uh, rental of studio space with, you know, already lighting involved with the equipment, we have all of that already. You're looking at like 300 an hour or something crazy. It's pretty dang expensive uh, to kind of have that for your clients. So with us, that is very, you know, a great, great thing for photographers to be able to have this turnkey space that already has all this equipment and then all these different kind of themes and all of that, um, you know, readily available to them. Well, and to, to jump in on that as well, I think this is really reflective of trends we've seen in the last five years and how the selfie has really changed our photographic expectations um, in terms of talking about like with weddings, um, as well as just when we take reg, quote unquote regular pictures. Um, if we think about how that's changed and how we take pictures has changed. And so I think that may be driving a lot of the interest you've got, especially from f- professional photographers who understand that those are the types of photos that their clients now want. They don't necessarily want traditional wedding photos or they want in addition to that having this very orchestrated selfie types of photos that they've got to commemorate their day all right i thought i thought erica was going to uh, respond to that uh, jennifer and amber you had indicated before we went on the air that you both have 11 year old daughters is that mm-hmm. correct, correct. Yes. so will you be visiting the uh, jennifer will you be visiting the selfie museum selfie room. I would like to visit it. I echo your thoughts about the cost being somewhat prohibitive for a couple people yeah. to go. Yeah. I know I talked about it with my daughter and she was very excited at the prospect of going and wanted to take friends and wanted to know about, oh, could we do like a birthday party there and things like that. Um, so it sounds like this is something that would be great as an event space. Um, and so that might actually wind up being more of what the revenue is for sure. them. Um, and so it'll be interesting to, to kind of hear from Erica later, uh, you know, in a few months down the road and into how things are going. The uh, Washington University, getting back to the idea of weddings and, and special events at, uh, at the selfie room, uh, Washington University has to study, uh, done a study in which they were cautioning people against relying so much on their selfies and, and taking selfies at these events that they will miss the moment. They'll miss the actual event. You're both nodding. Is that something that you consider, Jennifer? Yeah, I mean, that, that research was started by uh, Giannardini. She's at University of Denver, and then a WashU researcher jumped in on it, and they found out that uh, engagement, people's subjective ratings of how engaged they were in joyful situations, as well as their sheer enjoyment of the joyful situations mm. was reduced by taking those photographs mm. in the moment. And we've also seen, I think all of us have seen uh, performance artists who during their concerts will stop the concert and ask those attending to please put their phones down. So it's getting to be a, a bit of a problem in other locations. So that's another great point for an, uh, a place where you're desi- you're, you can have a designated safe spot yeah. for taking these. And although it's somewhat of a morbid statistic, I think it's important to mention about 250 deaths mm-hmm. have been attributed to people taking selfies mm-hmm. in unsafe locations. So here we have Erica has a safe location for people to mm-hmm. do that. And an exciting location, and, and that begs my other question: Would you help people? There, there are six reasons that people engage in in this behavior and post it. And I mentioned one of them being to enhance the 
the environments that they're ensconced by. Would you help people propagate lies if you could? In other words, are, can we go in and have a backdrop of uh, the Statue of Liberty or the Eiffel Tower, and, and will it look like we're actually there? <laughs> you know, we still have that. I think the, the fun and you know, what we do have is kind of more of a obviously fake backdrop, gotcha. but fun. <laughs> obviously, you know, colorful right. thing where it's like, hey, yes, I did go to this space and I did take photos of myself, sure. but look at how fun they are, <laughs> you know, right. versus having a green screen where you could kind of copy and paste different things into the background. I, I've seen um, I've seen that concept actually done before where... Um, there was like some place in some airport that they put together this like set of looks like you're on a private jet basically. And so lots of people were going to that thing, which <laughs> I don't think we'll do things like that, you know, personally as a selfie room, but uh, you know, it is something that's being done out there, which is kind of sad in a way. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You say that uh, entertainers don't like the uh, photographs being taken at their performances, yet there's probably no, no group um, more so than entertainers who are using selfies every day uh, to promote themselves. Let's take a couple of telephone calls here. We'll start with uh, with Mary, who's calling from St. Louis. Mary, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, how are you? Great, how are you? Um, I'm good. I just have not heard anybody talk about how I use my selfies, and they're my, my personal photo diary. So I can go back through where have I been, what have I been doing lately, where have I been. It has nothing to do with posting, but it's just my personal information where I can go back and see, oh, I hiked on this trail on this day, and, or I went and saw these grandchildren. That's how I use mine as a diary. All righty. Yes. I think uh, I actually have an app for that. It's called uh, One Second Every Day, where you take little one-second videos of what you're doing that day, and it puts it in a calendar format. And at the end of the year, I usually like posting my, my little video diary, if you will, um, you know, from that app. And so that's exactly like, personally, that's kind of what I like, too. So I totally agree with you <laughs> on that is the, you know, what was my life like in that moment? Because um, they just don't want to forget it, you know, in a lot of ways. So if you're not taking a picture of yourself, is it still a selfie? Anybody? <laughs> well, say from a communication standpoint, it, it really depends upon the perspective that you take it from. Like I mentioned earlier, like if you take a picture of your lunch, that's still considered a form of a selfie because the perspective is yours. Or if you take a picture that involves your feet and something on the ground, that's still considered a selfie. Um, but, you know, just taking a picture of your grandchildren, uh, you know, the example that Mary gave wouldn't necessarily be a selfie um, unless it's she is somehow in, in the picture where we're seeing it from like a very distinct distinct perspective that she's offering. Um, Psychology defines it a little bit differently. And again, we don't have a huge amount of research on this, but they define it as it has to include you. So uh, as, as I hear you talk, I don't know if, if your feet would qualify or not, but we divide it into three um, categories. It includes either just yourself, you and a paramour, somebody with whom you're involved romantically or intimately, and then a group. I have a question for you, Jennifer. Amber mentioned uh, taking a picture of your lunch. What compels people to take picture of their lunch, take picture of their lunch, and put it online? Just the lunch. How about I offer you these <laughs> six reasons that people do anything of this sort? So we talked about environmental enhancement, showing off where you're going, where you've been, um, boosting self-confidence, attention-seeking behavior, mood modification. So people will take and post selfies in order to enhance their moods. Um, 
in an attempt to engage in social competition. So they'll take selfies and post those in, att- in an attempt to show their um, social cohesion, their social affiliations. And then the last reason is subjective conformity, which is fitting in with a group. So that gets to uh, Erica's, it sounds f- from what you've said so far, Erica, that you, that really the group dynamic is gonna kick into play here, um, or you've been seeing that kick into play at your place and other places. So I, I expect that that will propagate um, or that will encourage a lot of people to go there. And I do think you'll see a lot of folks coming in groups. And and really, group selfies encompass all six of those um, sort of needs that selfies fill. Erica, maybe more complicated than you thought when you got into this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I've always been fascinated with it, you know, uh, me being guilty of taking, you know, just selfies by myself or with groups and all that, you know, just as I've grown up, I'm, you know, kind of a, a mid-range millennial, if you will. And so uh, I think I, I knew the days before the internet and I also saw the internet kind of in the social networks become a thing over time. And I was still pretty young, you know, at that point too. So kind of grew up with it, if you will. So it's just, for me, it's just kind of an interesting thing, you know, all around and always has been. So. Well, let's take another call. As time begins to wind down, we'll bring in Mike calling from St. Louis. Mike, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, Don. Uh- interesting discussion because I think we may have overdone selfies uh, by now a little bit, but it's really a fundamental human need, and uh, either uh, Freud's daughter or granddaughter, we did all these experiments a number of years ago, and discovered that it wasn't sex that was the main drive, it was a need to be acknowledged. I think that's what selfies kind of do, they kind of be acknowledged by putting our, our pictures and our food I do a lot of food. I don't do my ugly things. <laughs> I do do a lot of food out there. And I think that's the, the fundamental thing is the need to be acknowledged. Mike, thanks for the call. I think we acknowledged that uh, earlier Absolutely. in the program. Yeah, yeah. There doesn't seem to be any question about that. Um, we have Madonna in Crestwood emailing us saying, a lot of travelers have experienced the rudeness of being poked in the back of the head with a selfie stick or uh, moved out of the way so someone else can take the perfect Instagram selfie. Um, does your guest have any suggestions as to how to deal with rude selfie seekers? Well, that's not going to be the case at your place, Eric, I assume. It's definitely not. Uh, since the sets are, you know, pretty spread out, <laughs> you should be able to kind of have enough room to kind of get your setup going. We also have phone stands within the lighting. We have professional lighting at each exhibit to kind of help you know, enhance your pictures, but we also have little places where you can put your phone on those and put on a timer, stand back, you know, get the shot. So you won't see a lot of selfie sticks poking around. <laughs> you've, you've obviously thought this out. A uh, question for Amber and Jennifer here, and then we'll have to wrap it up. And the question is, what do you find most interesting about the way people portray themselves in their selfies? Do you want to start, Amber? Uh, sure. I can say, actually, what I think is most interesting is the fact that it, it hasn't changed that much. You know, we, Erica talked about, you know, some of, one of the earliest photographs was a selfie. You look back in, in history, we've got people who've paid artists to do self-portraits, which are in a lot of ways selfies. And so, you know, we're seeing this is, I think it's just amplified on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really where it's coming from. And it seems like, oh, there's this barrage of selfies and what does this mean for our culture and things like that. I think fundamentally it hasn't changed. We're just seeing a lot more of it now because social media is now this platform where we can publish these things. Right. 
Jennifer, any thoughts yeah, about Yeah, I think a couple of things I'm finding especially interesting among a number of others. One, um, the use of filters. I think it's it's um, interesting to watch the filters that people use. Um, you can see the ones that sort of take off like wildfire that everybody is adopting that aren't necessarily related to a holiday. There are just some filters that everybody sort of likes. I think the second thing that um, is somewhat interesting to me is the vulnerability that people display in selfies. So how much of their environment they're willing to display, how much of their um, their humanity they're willing to display, and even things like showing their family members or their place of work. Mm -hmm. So I think um, not necessarily privacy issues, but privacy considerations interest me. Do you have a final thought, Erica, with regard to the way, of course, you've only been open for a couple of days, the way people, uh, what, what, what displays they're choosing uh, more than the others? You know, the more interactive the display, the more popular it is. Um, there's kind of two front runners right now. Um, so I do end up asking people, you know, what was their favorite room if they had to pick just one. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're also asking people what do they want to see more of. Um, so we do definitely listen to feedback and whatever you found most fun or interesting, we're going to do more of over time since we are going to be switching it up pretty frequently. Well, Erica Klaus, I want to thank you so much for being with us and talking about your the selfie room and museum, if you will. Good luck to you, and uh, thanks once Aww, again for being you. with us. And Amber Hinesley, <laughs> Amber Hinesley from St. Louis University, great to talk to you. And Jennifer Siciliani from the University of Missouri, St. Louis, thank you for being with us. A lot of fun. Thank you. Fun. Thank, thank you very much. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. <laughs> <laughs>